This is season three, episode one, volume fifty-three of the Fighting Irish Faithful podcast, live on Twitter Space. It is April nineteenth, twenty twenty-two, and we have the blue and gold game coming up this Saturday. It has been two months since our last show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dogs and cats, and I am very excited to be podcasting with you tonight. I am joined with my brother, Red Snapper 1998. How are you doing, Joe? Hey, I'm doing really, really well. It's, um, as we were kind of BSing before, it, it took me a while to figure out how to plug all this crap back in we as <laughs> if you don't recall from last the last episode last couple episodes we did uh we upgraded the show with some fancier microphone uh some fancy complicated cables and a yamaha mixer now we're still using the same crappy computer setup however since y'all just filed your taxes yesterday or you procrastinated like me last week um <laughs> but now now we can confirm that we didn't have to spend all our life savings to the government who in a indirect way covers my paycheck because i work for a defense contractor anyway thank you everyone for paying your taxes moving on to notre dame football uh it has been quite some time but i have not been completely in hiatus uh last year i broke silence uh during holy week uh that was not pre-planned but happy easter to everyone who celebrates easter and i was actually a guest on the always irish show on john's show on the 11th so we're going to do a quick plug for him just because his show is fun and awesome and he is he is also a fan just like we are on this show and and he is definitely going to be at the tailgate, so he's yes. going to definitely be one of those people we're going to be looking for. I I did see him there. Now I haven't DM'd him, but you know we we can we'll get that bat signal out later. And we will be at the tailgate. Uh, but I was talking to John for about forty minutes over the phone on his show. And uh, so if you want to go back to the Always Irish show that went live with uh youtube and collins that show was on the 11th and start at minute 46 if you want to just jump to me because you like my show too but hey we're going to jump right into our first guest and who would it be who would it not be the one and only come on the one and only our most loyal consistent guest we've had is coach era parcegian coach welcome back to the fighting irish faithful show Thank you guys again for having me. It is always an honor to be on your show. Uh, well, the the honor is ours because I mean we're dealing with a two-time national champion, and uh, you know someone who is one of my favorite coaches of all time. So, coach, uh, blue and gold game is coming up. How do you, how you feel about that? I'm just excited because we're actually going to get to see Tyler Buckner get more playing time than he got all of last year under Kelly. So one can hope. Yeah. But I'm, now, I'm very excited. I want about to refresh that as well. some memories here at uh, this point, not quite this point, a little bit after this point last year, who did you pick should be the starter based on your evaluation of the blue and gold game last year? 
Well, for me personally, it was uh, Tyler Buckner should have been the starter just purely evaluating last year's show or last year's blue and gold game. And in the post game, there was a spring football buffet. Coach Parsegian's bag crinkling was really distracting. What do you, what do you, what do you, my bad. Wrapping I was, I was just going to ask here? what, what snack does he got? Oh God, this time? I don't have a snack going on tonight. He's wrapping one my, presents. One of my earbuds is missing the little rubber piece. So I'm trying to find a replacement real quick. Ah, okay. Well, maybe we can put you on, on mute. I don't know. How do, how do we do that? No, I'm good. I'm, one of them's got the piece. I'm just trying to find an extra for the other. All right, no big deal. All right, you've been warned, though. I, I figured out how to mute people. So, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here's the thing. I don't know who it was, but in the very last show we did, someone was taking a deuce because I heard a toilet flush. I know that's not very, <laughs> very uh, professional of me to say that, but there is a definite flush from a toilet. I don't need anyone to reveal who it is okay but you know because that that will make fun of you on twitter if you do but <laughs> i'll tell you what someone was on the twitter space and was in the bathroom and i so heard you're saying a there's flush. twitter space etiquette what i mean it's just it was just distracting i'm like <laughs> wtf right like we i listened to a show the 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 late night show and it was it was just off the hook. I, I have listened to that show multiple times in the last two months, and it's just a riot. People talking about ex-wives and drinking and tailgate stories, and it, it was it was a great show, uh, and it was very fan centric, which is what made it awesome, and totally embraces the spirit of this show, this podcast. But I'll tell you what, there were there were some yes, some etiquette things that just needed to be addressed that we're not so <laughs> but anyway <laughs> well we'll definitely try and uh and wipe up and make sure i mean we, we don't need to... rules or anything you know i mean we kind of wanted a little cut loose and you know reckless to an extent but that one i was just like <laughs> are you reason. serious <laughs> serious come on like <laughs> but well, anyway. one question with regards to the recruiting aspect and you probably were planning on getting to it at some point. I've kind of been out of the loop with Dante Moore. Something I saw in the last week, there was some drama going on on Twitter. He was visiting LSU recently. Ah, Twitter! Ah! People freaking out over that, and it's like, dude, how many five stars visited Notre Dame when Kelly was there, and they still were like, nah, I'll pass. Just right. because it's Brian Kelly, yeah. But what what's the latest update with him? I haven't heard much. I mean, I'm not stalking him on his Twitter or all that kind of stuff. I well, mean, my, I. my 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 thing with recruiting is this, and and I am, and there is something I do want to talk about tonight about recruiting in general. And quite frankly, the evidence has become very clear to me that we need to pay attention to it now, but specifically players in and specifically Dante Moore um, to answer your question no I don't know specifically but I do know obviously he visited Notre Dame um, and yes I did see that he had visited LSU um, my personal thought and John and I talked about Dante Moore last week granted that was a week 
ago. Um, and I may, I'll say the same thing now that I said then is I think it's going to be a, uh, later in the, you know, summer, early season. If we don't hear by the beginning of next season, you know, come August, September timeframe, I firmly believe he's not going to make a decision until national signing day. And that's just because of how the process is going. Now, unless he goes to, you know, visit, you know, whoever the top five, 10 schools, whatever's on his bucket list. And personally, I would rather him actually go and visit places like LSU and Michigan and Michigan State and whatnot and just try them on and feel it out. You know, it, it's kind of like going to college, right? When, when I was going to college, or, or at least, you know, looking at schools to go to college too, right? I visited schools and there was only a handful that I visited and I was like, mm, not so much. And one of those was actually Purdue. I visited Purdue and was like, no, I'm not going to go here for undergrad. Thanks, West Lafayette Tech. But anyway, um, I I feel like if you don't visit someplace, you know, you don't really know one way or the other. So I'm not going to freak out if he goes to LSU and visits and, you know, he w takes one step into the circular room where Kelly's like, hey, come step on this stage and dance with me. He'll be like, uh, I'm going to go, you know, like. I want him to be in those positions, not because I want him to be awkward with Kelly. No, but you, you need to see things firsthand and you need to see the differences between the schools and see the differences between the different uh, coaches, the staff, the facilities, you know, and, and once you do that, you can make a decision. But but coach, what, what's your thought on the whole whole thing? Uh the big five-star recruits, they're going to do what they want. I've heard John on Always Irish say it before. They're used to being the center of attention from the time they're in high school, even through recruitment. So they're going to try to be star at the day, get all the attention. And it's more whoever gives them the most attention is where is what's going to keep their interest so yeah i mean i mean let's face I it there's a little bit of a popularity contest to recruiting right and there's so many factors oh, yeah. that face into it you know and you know anything from weather to how far away it is from home to your playing time to academics to i mean there's so many things you know i mean uh, I, I personally think it's going to come down to not michigan I think it, I think Michigan State and you know their staff and the huge season they just had last year Michigan State I think is going to start making a run on Michigan just because Harbaugh I think is I mean yes they made the playoffs but I am not convinced that Harbaugh is in it for the long term considering what just happened with him and the Vikings over in the offseason Yeah well, with regards to your visit to Purdue, there's a reason we call Purdue Perdon't. Yeah, exactly. So. Perdon't. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they they lost to St. Peter's in you know in the Elite Eight, right, or, or whatever game that was. So oh yeah, or the Sweet Sixteen. 
So um, that was exciting. Um, they lost to a, a little school oh, well. in New Jersey. Well, as I said a few months ago, Duke, don't count them out. Yeah. But my bracket got busted early on anyway. Auburn's loss pissed me off so bad. <laughs> that happened really early, surprisingly early. And and my Zags, of course, got, got beat by Arkansas and just... That I, I was having just like a weird night anyway, and I didn't even watch the game. I like I totally even like space that it was on, and then I was in the morning. Just I looked at my phone like, oh yeah, I think Gonzaga played yesterday, and oh shit, they lost. Okay, well, and and if someone had asked me based off of the first two games they played, I was like, this this team doesn't is not the team of last year. Or teams of previous years that have made a legit run. They have good players, but they don't move well as a unit you know north carolina came out of nowhere but they were clicking on all cylinders um but i did have kansas in the uh national championship game and i in my bracket facing gonzaga but anyway we're getting off topic here um back to back to back to dante Moore. i think it's it's gonna be and i think your your point's right there i think it it'll probably be national signing day and I think it very much is almost kind of we're creating the monster that's going to make – he already has all eyes on him. Everybody's wondering what's going on. He is the, the prized possession in recruiting right now for quarterbacks. And I think the, the more attention he gets, the, the more it, it's in his hands. So he can absolutely wait till National Signing Day. And the fervor that it's going to create only promotes people like John at Always Irish or us or anybody else to continue to talk about him, to continue to speculate, to continue to add more and more buzz and more and more trend to the point where regardless of where he goes, everyone's going to know who Dante Moore is because of the frenzy it's creating. Yeah, I think I think with him as as time goes on, you know, who knows how how much longer, you know, this this is going to happen. I I don't want it to turn into like let me put it another way. It always seemed in every off season when Kelly was our coach that there was a quarterback controversy. I remember after um yeah, and, and it really formulated, you know, with right from the beginning, I think in, in 2010, 2011 timeframe, and definitely in 2011, when you had Chris and Reese, and I was convinced that, that Reese needed to be the starter and not Chris because he just peed down his leg. Now, Grant, he also had a knee injury too, but it ultimately the, 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 you know, starting bid went to Reese eventually because Kelly realized that Chris just wasn't getting the job done. Um, and furthermore, then, you know, I, I thought Zaire should have replaced Golson midseason right after that Arizona State game or even during the Arizona State game and say, you know, look, you're just too volatile right now and we're going to bench you be- in a way be- because we just can't have this behavior. And so we need to put Malik in. And then in 2016, it happened again, you know, with Malik and Kaiser. And then you had Wimbush and then Book. And it just kept going on and on and on. Where am I going with this? I don't 
want the Dante Moore recruiting situation to turn into that. I don't want it to be this off-season distraction of, oh, this this wonderful five-star talent that we, of course, would welcome onto our team. But it cannot take the focus away from the team. And I think that's something, you know, maybe for us as fans, you know, to, to hope and pray and like candles at the grotto about. Um, but at the end of the day, I kind of see it more being almost a distraction for us as fans. Cause let's face it next season, he's not on the sideline. And so, so it does not impact 2022's season. Marcus Freeman's first season as our head coach. You know, we have Pine and Buckner, and that should be our focus from the quarterback situation. Well, that's kind of – go ahead. Do you think he's going to use one or both of the quarterbacks in kind of a, a package form or two-quarterback system, or do you think one quarterback's going to outright win the starting job? I mean, my heart always says says – Buckner, I, I intend in the off season here and over the summer to look at Pine and look at his stats and maybe break down more of his skill set. I think the the challenge with him, because let's face it, he was a third string, and how many third string quarterbacks get a lot of playing time unless you're Ohio State in 2014? Uh, but that's a very special situation where you had really a really stout defense and a really good running game. Regardless, uh, Pine is one of those guys that I think Notre Dame could be successful with him, but does he have the electricity that Buckner does? Absolutely not. Are we going to be making a t-shirt about Drew Pine for this podcast? No, we're making a Tyler Buckner t-shirt. Okay. See Amazon for details in the future, but Right now, that that's where where my gut is, and it's it's lying with Buckner. I'm I've already planted the flag in Buckner camp. Now, most likely those two will be split up this Saturday during the blue and gold game, so we'll see how that looks. But you know, I I don't I I, I don't even know the format of of the game, and I, like I I read something today on Twitter that they're hosting a a draft. Jerome Bettis is going to be doing some sort of draft. So nice. I, I don't even know how that's even going to work. And I'm kind of annoyed because they're doing it at 8 a.m. And it's like most people are starting work at 8 a.m., you know, so not us. <laughs> well, it's 5 a.m. for you. So if you're you're doing work at 5 a.m., you know, you know, respect. But um, yeah, most people like so I think that's going to be something during lunch or a break or, you know, after work kind of situation where we're like, OK, what just happened? Um, so that'll be exciting. You know, I, I here, here's my thought. I think this year's blue and gold game is going to be packed. I think it's going to, oh, I think so too. I think it's going to be packed. I mean, for crying out loud, red snapper, you're, you're coming out to the, to the game. You're flying out from California. Um, and you, you're coming here and we're going to pick you up from the airport in Indianapolis and we're continuing the drive up. And we are headed straight to South Bend. We intend to tailgate in the Joy slot. Um, and I've even spent money 
on one of those flagpoles that you like put under your tire and like we're gonna have an American we're gonna have the stars and stripes and a and a and a um the Notre Dame flag that currently exists in the garage here and go out in the front of the house. I'm gonna pull those out, pull those down, and they're coming with us. Nice. So anyone so so this is anyone who's going to the blue and gold game. If you want to hang out with uh your third favorite podcast or your first favorite podcast <laughs> we we like everyone you don't have to tell us you're your favorite but if we are that's that we would hope you are but that's okay you know we do this for fun if only Eric Parsegian and Jason Yeager Jason I see you there if only a few people listen to this I'd still do this show but we will be there and if you're looking for us look for a black Volkswagen Atlas with uh American flag and Notre Dame flag so um that probably does not narrow it down but hey we'll we'll take some pictures get some landmarks going and we'll we'll figure it out hopefully the cell reception doesn't suck man i God, i've wanted for years to be able to go to south bend to see a game i don't the two or three teams that i want to see a game in south bend are literally michigan usc navy those traditional historic games. I want to make the trek up there, spend like four days, everything Friday and Saturday night, or Friday, Saturday, spend thousands of dollars at the bookstore, <laughs> hit up all the sports shops and antique shops in the South Bend, Notre Dame area, and just bring a trailer there and back to bring a box just waiting on the day one day it's gonna happen well coach i mean for for someone who you know like we uh, that's really awesome to hear i mean i i hope you get there you know it's it's our hope that that you do um you know i i will say this uh the fighting irish faithful gear is pretty dope and costs less than what you'll get at the bookstore now we do not have the diversity and uh, we are not officially sponsored by the bookstore um so if if you want to save a couple bucks uh on gear and uh put the rest of that money you would normally spend uh promoting Notre Dame merchandise and put that into your uh travel funds by all means. Um but yeah, I I will say this, you know, there is nothing like going to a game in person. Um you know, it's awesome on TV. Th- there is some benefits obviously to watching on TV, you know, the comfort of your own home and, you know, that sort of thing. Um but the ex- the electricity and the excitement of the game is is like like nothing else. So, um yeah, uh, so I hope you get there. Oh yeah. But um have you have you seen this info about Brady Quinn? He's Oh, the fun. Yeah, the yeah, NIL is... thing. Brady Quinn's working with Notre Dame or something with that. I saw that briefly. Friends I think of yesterday. the University of Notre Dame, and it's specifically going to help with funding students, and they're using it as a Notre Dame-based uh, name and likeness rights. So Yeah, I, I saw this too, and, and I think... Here, here's the exciting thing about name, image, and likeness. I think there's so many. Th- this is this is like 
I don't want to say an arms race, but it's kind of like a gold rush in the sense that we don't exactly know what all of this really means. And like, I'm not saying that, you know, we like people are doing things inappropriate, nothing like that. But it's it's everything is new. Everything is fresh. And, you know, ideas and creativity, you know, are, are abounding. You know, this is like the Internet is brand new. You know, it's like, whoa, you know, like like and I think I think things will normalize and kind of pan out as they as they go um and, but seeing someone like brady quinn you know someone who you see every saturday in the fall on fox um you know someone who's a, a, a well-loved one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time at notre dame and he ha carries weight with his name and to see him promoting a you know endeavor that is going to support the student athlete um, and quite frankly, make Notre Dame competitive from a recruiting standpoint. Um, and I mean, there, there's there's a whole other argument you could say, like, like, forget the recruiting bit for one minute. Just just focus on the players that are there now. If you are a business student, forget that you're even a, a football player. But if you were just a, a general business student, OK, over the summer, what are you doing? You're you're getting an internship, right? You're you're working for Merrill Lynch. You're working for a big company, right? You're you're promoting yourself and you're getting an internship to better your future. If you're a business student and a football player, you don't have that ability to market yourself beyond the football program. Um, and, and so that is an issue um, because you're doing summer workouts. And at the same time, let's not kid ourselves, they make millions and millions of dollars for the university um, by playing a sport where the average business student doesn't do that. So is it fair? No, but life is not fair. So I'm not never going to cry about that. Um, and these guys get to play football glory where everyone else here would, you know, give their life savings and, you know, do what Eric Parsegian wants to do here and spend thousands of dollars right you know that that's the kind of stuff that that they are blessed and fortunate to do oh but, well i just you look at somebody like brady quinn and back in 2004 5 and 6 i used to get the blue and gold illustrated magazines oh yeah my house i used to get the bookstore shopping magazines sent to my house. it was filled to the brim with Brady Quinn pictures, Brady Quinn autographs. <clears throat> the jerseys you saw was usually one of three. It was either Jeff Samarja, Tom Zibikowski, and Brady Quinn. And it's just who better than somebody with his star power to be an example for the name and likeness than him, whose number 10 jersey was everywhere oh, and you yeah. knew exactly who it represented absolutely absolutely i think i think brady quinn is a true ambassador of notre dame um he he carries himself well you know it, it's it's kind of a, a bummer that his professional career did not pan out in the nfl the way everyone had hoped it it would but let's face part it, of it he never really got the chance well and he played for the browns too you know so <laughs> sorry browns uh sorry jason and when he went to denver he got stuck behind tebow so right so um 
So there's all of that going on. But simultaneously, you know, you're 100% right. Brady Quinn is, and, and I think also uh, my buddy Malik Zaire. Malik Zaire has uh, an endeavor, and, I, and I, I, if I if I could remember it, I would totally plug it. Now, I'm going to make a note here to, to give a Twitter shout-out to Malik Zaire because he has... He, he is one of my favorite players and had the best attitude. Um, you know, I had wanted so much more out of Malik Zaire with Notre Dame. And uh, he really took Notre Dame from a really rough spot to a really great spot at the end of 2014. Um, and But he has a, a brand, uh, some sort of endeavor, and it might be even him and Wimbush, where they are... are doing some name image and likeness and they're promoting the players. So I'm going to make sure I, I do that after the show. Well, anyway, coach, uh, it's been great talking to you. I see Jason Yeager here. Uh, we'll, we'll keep you on coach. Uh, don't go away. Uh, please, please stay on. Uh, we're going to move on. But before we get to Jason, I wanted to, uh, to go through a couple of stats here. I got a, I got a stat piece here, but before I do that, coach, anything else you want to say? No, that's it for now. If something comes up, I'll chime in. Roger that. Well, thanks coach Parsegian at era Parsegian at coach Parsegian on the Twitter. Uh, fantastic follow fantastic supporter of the show. Uh, thank you, sir. And go Irish. So the um, the stat piece I would like to go through right now is about what do we always talk about? Scotch and spreadsheets on this podcast, and the Notre Dame is has not won a championship to, since 1988, and multiple other teams have. And if anyone is new to the show, what I like doing is comparing Notre Dame's to the team that is winning the national championship. That is not to be unfair. That is to be realistic because that is the expectation of this show. So if Notre Dame is not hosting the trophy, we need to compare ourselves to the team that is doing so. So for example, Georgia, they ranked fifth in the country last year in total touchdowns. They ranked sixth in the country in passing touchdowns. They were the number one scoring defense last year. They were the number nine scoring offense. Now, we won't go into what Notre Dame was specifically, but what I will say is I have looked over the last 10 years, every team that has won the national champion. So you got a lot of Alabamas. You got an LSU, a Georgia, Clemson, right, and Ohio State, Florida State, right? So you look at all these teams that have won the title, and where did they rank in all of these stats? Now, in 2021, last season, the most important stat was total touchdowns. The national champion average ranked 6.7 in the country out of all 130 teams. 6.7 in total touchdowns. Then the second most important stat was scoring defense, then total defense, then scoring offense, rushing touchdowns, rushing defense, then passing touchdowns, and so on and so forth. However, in this year, now that we've taken the reset the stats and now taken into account Georgia and removed one of the teams, 
the last 10 years are as follows. The number one most important stat is still total touchdowns. But the second most important stat is passing touchdowns. Passing touchdowns used to be the seventh most important stat. Average ranking of 15.5 is now second most important, 8.5. Then scoring defense, scoring offense, total defense, rushing defense, then total touchdowns. Excuse me, rushing touchdowns. Rushing touchdowns went from fifth last year to seventh this year. Passing touchdowns went from seventh last year to second this year. So my mantra, other than scotch and spreadsheets, is hashtag RTDB, which Red Snapper, what does that mean? Run the damn ball. Run the damn ball. And the reason why it's run the damn ball, because football is a contact sport. This is not arena football. This is not the CFL. Uh, CFL is cool, but it's all passing, right? Because they have an extra guy. The field's bigger, right? It The field, the game is designed around passing in the CFL. But in American college football and even the NFL, well, maybe not so much the NFL, but definitely college football, rushing gets you there. And the national champion on average over the last 10 years rushes the football 56% of the time. So you have to have a running game. And by having Harry, he stand back on the staff makes me feel good about that. Unfortunately, the numbers don't lie. If we still want to hold fast to the premise that Notre Dame is to win the title and in order to do that, we need to mock and mimic in some way these other teams that have won titles over the last 10 years, we should do the following or we're stupid. So it breaks my heart that rushing touchdowns has dropped quite significantly and almost swapped spots, but passing touchdowns has risen significantly. Therefore, Notre Dame's ability to have receivers and a quarterback that can pass and throw passing touchdowns is vital to Notre Dame's success going forward. So Marcus Freeman as an excellent recruiter, Chauncey Stuckey, right? These guys, their ability to bring in top-rated talent to ensure that Notre Dame is in the top 10 in throwing passing touchdowns becomes even more important. Now, this is not what I would have liked to have had i would love it to be rushing touchdowns and then a bunch of defensive stats right because defense tends to win championships and let's face it georgia probably their, their quarterback was was no one i don't even know the guy's name right mike bro can you remember who georgia's quarterback was i, I can't i do not i, I just can't remember who was wasted on the podium <laughs> yeah I, I, I believe it's Stetson bennett yeah so so Thank you, coach. So, like, that's why we have Coach Barsegian. But, like, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about, right? Like, y you have to have a good quarterback, but defense does win championships, and Georgia had one of the best defenses. And it's a good thing our head coach has a defensive background. So, Fighting Irish Faithful, people listen to the show. You have to have a good defense, but passing touchdowns does need to be important and we will be paying more attention to that going forward 
Not at all because we want to, but because that is what the numbers say. The numbers don't lie. And I am a fool if I ignore the numbers, and I will not be fooled. I'll be fooled in other ways. But Red Snapper, what are your thoughts on on the new stat dump, the new recalculation? This is like the GPS recalculating. I think it really is going to come down to just kind of the voir dire of how recruiting ends up. I think. Did you say idea? The the overall voir dire, the overall of how the spring game evolves, the quarterbacks that emerge, the roles they play. Is it a sole one quarterback wins the job? Is it a package two quarterback or is it a solid two quarterback system? I think that's going to have a lot to do with it, but I think right now you need the weapons. So receivers, regardless of who the quarterback is, if you don't have somebody who can catch the ball, forget it. Yeah. Forget about it. it, The, and maybe it's partial because I was a receiver, but Me me too. You can have somebody throw a perfect ball. If you don't have hands, it's not throwing touchdowns, it's passing touchdowns, it's receiving touchdowns. You need somebody catching it. So yep. I where, think where would Mac Jones be without Devonta Smith, right? Bingo. That that's exactly where I was gonna go with it. Is you can have a three star level quarterback if you have five star talent receivers. You can have a yep. five star quarterback that can make your receivers look good, like Trevor Lawrence did. Yeah. The I mean, question I th- is, do you have to have five star and five star? I don't think you do. I mean, and if we have, we were talking about Brady Quinn earlier, Brady Quinn, you know, looked amazing with Samarja and Maurice Stovall. Maurice Stovall's senior year was fantastic. I think what he had like five receiving touchdowns or something or something crazy like that against Navy in 2005. I mean, Mosto was was so athletic and dynamic and 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 then you know we put a lot of emphasis on on you know Samarja and rightfully so in that season and that's one of my favorite Notre Dame seasons of all time just because of it was just so exciting and 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 that's another thing we should talk about like so so and and I'll come around to this the first year of Tyrone Willingham, we went eight and zero. We were so pumped, and then and then you know right after that, it was just all downhill, unfortunate. But then the beginning of Charlie Weiss, you know, it like I I don't I think everyone was surprised on how well we started that year, and then we went into the Bush Push game, and that game was so exciting as well, and and so on and so forth. And then two thousand six was was very exciting and very high expectations. I think we started ranked preseason two in the country you know and but unfortunately what happened with both of those coaches is the bloom fell off the rose rather quickly and it was just kind of like we putzed around and then it's like okay get this guy out of here bring in the the new coach i don't think that's going to happen with marcus freeman i think because he connects to the with the players better but something else to think about is the last successful head coach we had, and I'm going to throw Kelly into this mix as well. Kelly's first, you know, two years were eight and five. They were kind of mediocre. And the same with Lou Holtz. 
Lou Holtz lost his first few games at Notre Dame. And so I'm not here to put a downer on anything, and, I'm, and this is in no way a reflection of the Ohio State game coming up. But the point I'm making is we, we shouldn't let our emotions dictate our opinion of, of the trajectory of the program under our new head coach, right? But what we can do is take that excitement that did build in the beginning of the season. Now, what everyone hopes for is the best of both worlds, where you have excitement at the beginning of the season, the 8-0, you know, excitement of Tyrone Willingham and the electricity and the the swagger that was kind of Charlie Weiss's 2005 season, right? But put that on a foundation, a stable foundation with, you know, kind of what Lou Holtz did, right? That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. And if Marcus Freeman can do both, obviously that's the best of both worlds. Yeah, I think just to kind of bring it back to the point of uh, recruiting has got to be an all-encompassing thing. And it started with the coaching staff. And with the coaching staff, yeah, there were some question marks. There were some very obvious, yes, that's the right guy. You know, so it really is going to basically come down to how those coaches and coaching staff in general really get the best out of their players, regardless of the level of the player. Is it a three-star? Is it a five-star? Is it a walk-on? Is it somebody who's sat on the bench or was misused and now gets the starting role in Tyler Buckner? It, it's going to be a completely different dynamic, I think, because this coaching staff is built under that, you know, identification of, you know, the the players and having that level of, commitment and i mean you see these these team buildings and these you know exercises that are being thrown all over the place it's a lot more about morale and team unity and player position unity than it is about individuals yeah it's not about the and, x's and o's it's more about like the chemistry right exactly and and i think regardless of the talent level it's going to be how well a team with complete cohesion does. And that's the one thing that I would say under Brian Kelly, we never had complete cohesion as a team. No. And, that, and if an we attitude. did, it did not come from him. It came from players. It came from Manti Teo. It came from Joe Schmidt. It came from, you know, a leader on the field, someone like an Ian book, right? It did not yeah. come even Malik Zaire. It did not come from Kelly. Kelly was such an arrogant prick that it was just like, good grief. You know, he had this like greasy politician salesman, which is why I'm so shocked that LSU picked him up. And, you know, I mean, like, I, I'm going to have, I'm going to admit this. I really hope he gets just smoked in the face by Missouri. I really hope that Missouri goes in there, smacks him, smacks his stupid visor off his head in, I don't even know where they're playing each other this year, but I really, I'm going to go on a record right now and say that Missouri is going to beat LSU. That, hey, 
I, I'm looking forward to it. But let's. Uh, like, let's I'm gonna look this up right now. While you're, while you're, you want to bring Jason on? Why don't we bring Jason on? He he's been patiently waiting. Wookie, we see you too. Uh, thank you for uh all the. You know, what did you do? 37 IT tickets yesterday. I know you're you're tired, <laughs> right? Um, pour yourself a, a Jack Daniels. I think that's your thing. But Jason, let's bring Jason on here. Invite you to Steve. How's it going, guys? Doing Welcome great, back, man. sir. Yeah, hopefully over at the tailgate. How's Youngstown, Ohio? Yeah. Oh, it's 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 cold. It was snowing all day. I have my uh my sister in law and her husband. They they live in Pittsburgh. Not not terribly far from you but yeah they they were like what's this shitty weather <laughs> yeah it was it was bad all morning just snowing but uh we had snow yesterday here and and, and today can't wait for the nice. weekend <laughs> yeah so are you will you be going to the blue and gold game sir yes sir yep taking the fan all right all right so, so are you getting there like the day before i mean that, that's got to be a hike from east ohio it's it's about um five hours so we'll be leaving we're actually going to be going thursday to the hotel and then do some things friday and then go over there saturday rock on rock on well we hope uh hope to see you there we uh based on my uh my quick swift research uh parking is free in the joy slot and uh, it's kind of a first come first serve situation. Uh, it's not game day, so it sh- in theory should not be as crowded or crazy or whatever. But we're still gonna have fun. We're gonna treat it like it's game day. Um, Fighting Irish faithful, your hosts with the doc and the baby will be coming up, and we will we intend to be in the joy slot. So uh, hopefully we don't have to park someplace weird. Um, but that is the intent. So all are invited. Jason, anyone who's coming up. Appreciate that. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be swinging by. Um, got the five-year-old and the nine-year-old and the wife. So definitely going to have some fun. Should we get um, like some Capri Sun or some Squeeze-Its or High C Red Snapper? You know, I can I can stop by Walmart, you know, and get some kids. I, we may have to, you know. Right, Exactly. It's a family-friendly tailgate, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Always. Well, Jason, what what are you looking other than just just you know Notre Dame football and all that, but but specifically about the team going into this season? What are you looking for, or what are you looking forward to in the blue and gold game? I I honestly am hoping for one of the two quarterbacks to just come out. I don't want to see the the sharing of the ball. Um, we've seen enough of that over the years. Um, you don't see that from the best teams in the nation. You see a quarterback come out and play. Um, so I get the dual quarterback stuff and what they both can do, but I think we're looking at two kind of the similar quarterbacks where we saw – running from both of them we saw both of them can pass um i just kind of want to see one pull away from the other and and then just go and then i'm really interested to see receiving core that's the big one the big question mark for me is the receivers yeah i i agree i think the receivers is a legit um 
you know, area of concern, quite frankly. Um, it's an area that I don't want to say it's a weakness, but it's certainly something that we need to pay attention to. And it's something that definitely, definitely needs to be addressed. Um, and this is an appropriate time to mention, um, if anyone is new or has not been on Twitter, but we have a new recruit for the 2023 class in Braylon James, who committed, committed. today yes. to the University of Notre Dame. And it's kind of funny. He kind of did an LSU fake out. So I don't know if that was a jab at Kelly. You know, everyone hopes it's a jab at Kelly. Um <laughs> But I think he had family that went to LSU. So he said, because he said during the announcement that LSU will always hold a special place in his heart. I did see that. Yeah. More of a family thing than anything. Oh, right on, right on. But yeah, I think, um, I think the, um, the overall feeling I get, the, the receivers I'm interested in, and especially in light of the stats I just mentioned, passing touchdowns is, needs to be a focus needs to be a priority um the numbers don't lie you know teams that are hosting the big tro holding up the big trophy at the end of the year that's how they're doing it so uh if if we ignore it we're fools so unless hey unless our running game is you know top top notch and no one can stop it because we have he stand and you know estimate and Tyree and and Logan Diggs and we're doing Dukes of Hazard hood slides over people's helmets, right? That kind of stuff is exciting, and that's where my heart would love to be. Just put those three guys in the back, and no one knows what's happening, and have Buckner in there, you know, and hell throw Bo Bauer in there just because we have the ho- sharp <laughs> hockey skate package. If no one knows what I'm talking about, you need to go back to a, an older episode. I, I think one thing, just to kind of add on to Jason's point, I definitely want one quarterback to reign supreme, take the take the reins. And I think lead you the have team. to. And honestly, I'm going to look back at the bowl game as a sign of things to come. Everybody was asking, what about Buckner? Why was a Buckner in? Maybe that was the beginning of the commitment to a one quarterback, and it was okay, here's your last game, here's your last chance to to prove it. And maybe there was a conversation with Buckner saying, hey, this is how we're going to do things moving forward. You earn the starting position, then it's yours. And we're going to start with, you know, doing that tonight in the bowl game. And so if if that's anything above, you know, along the lines of a sign of things to come, then I'm excited because, I want to see Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner duke it out at the blue and gold game. Like I am excited. I mean, and there should be a a legit competition. I don't want to just knight Buckner as, you know, the, you know, the starter just because I like him, you know, no, I do like him, you know, I'm in the sense that, but I like him in the sense because I think he brings a dynamic electricity and he can throw the ball fairly well and he can run, you know, I, I think he gives us the best option uh to diversify our playbook and to be the most impactful on the field but again we have this three fantastic running backs in the backfield do we need buckner running around you know with his hair on fire no we don't maybe we maybe pine is the answer because he brings uh you know a little bit of ice man to him i don't know 
right? That that's for the coaches to decide. You know, they're they're the ones getting paid the big bucks to to figure this shit out, right? Not us. But my point is this. I really think that this is the time. Red Snapper, you're 100% right. You need to have some sort of competition. You need to have some sort of situation that ultimately exposes these guys. What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? Who can give us the most uh you know ability to win who can be most impactful on the field and and that's the kind of stuff we're talking about here but well, and uh, i imagine that the the game script regardless of how they split it up there are things that they need to see in live action anyway so the game script at some point you're going to see each quarterback throw the ball long you're going to see each quarterback roll out you're going to see each quarterback, you know, with crossing patterns. You're from a coaching standpoint, you're going to want to check off some boxes to evaluate and and really categorize that competition between the two. So there is going to be an element of game script that is going to give us some comparison. So that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I I agree 100%. Well, we brought Jason on here. Uh, he he went on mute here. I'm trying to bring him back. I, I can't figure out. Oh, maybe he muted himself. Um, I just yeah, muted mine. Sound like one of the kids was in the background initially. Uh, so that's okay. Children yes. are not on the show, but maybe spring Jason... break, so they want to stay awake all day. Oh, my little one is more the opposite. He's like, um, I'm tired. You better put me to bed, otherwise we're gonna have a riot. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's not minor a, night owls. Yeah, <laughs> mine's ten months. So, anyway. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Anyway. Um. But yeah. So Jason, you're gonna be there. So you're getting there early, man. You're you're doing the ho- what do you what do you like touring the stadium or, you know. Um. Really, just kind of going. Just get away. We haven't went. We haven't gone anywhere since the Notre Dame game, the Navy game last year. Oh, right on. So it's just really uh, a road trip. So not much to do around there, but other than going to what? campus. Don't say that. Recruits may be listening to this show. You need to tell them that <laughs> South Bend, With Notre Dame, Elkhart, Elkhart is a popping town, right? That's actually where I'm staying. <laughs> that, that That's probably a cheaper option. I agree. Yes. Yeah, there. The, you know, Lake Michigan's not too far. You know, there's some nice stuff there. There's the Indiana Dunes, right? Uh, you know what South Bend needs? They need like a Top Golf or something. That that's what we need. Mm-hmm. Um, the top Golf in South Bend. <laughs> wouldn't that be dope, right? I mean, there's the Warren Golf Course, right? But no, like there's Mishawaka. Like we usually stay in Mishawaka the last couple last couple years when the Doc and I have gone up to a game. You know, funny story. So, so. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't. We're going to say it. Doc won't mind. So a couple of years ago, we, we went to the USC game. It was just the two of us. And uh, we drove up. And just before the game, where we were staying in kind of Mishawaka, that kind of area, you know, it's all like, you know, chain restaurants and stuff. And that's fine. And, you know, we're in some, it wasn't the Motel 6. It was a step up from that. But it was not quite as nice and luxurious as a Hilton Garden Inn. 
That being said, uh, we're like, hey, let's just get a quick bite to eat before the game because it was the USC game, it's night game, right? So nearby was a Hooters, and so the doc was like, you know, let's just go there because we know the food's good and the service is good. And despite the other, you know, situation because it's Hooters, so we go to the game, or excuse me, we go to Hooters, and you know, uh, food was fine, beer was fine, and Hooters was fine, right? So then we go to the game. Then after the game, we're like, oh, that was great, we won, yay! It's like, hey, let's go to IHOP, right? Let's get some pancakes. This is awesome, right? Breakfast for dinner sounds fantastic. So we go to IHOP and it is packed. There is just like, it's just line out the door kind of situation. We can't even put our name in. It's they're understaffed, right? This is before COVID. So who knows what it was during COVID? I don't know. So we're, we're looking at ourselves and we're like, you know, we're, who knows how long we're going to be waiting here and we're hungry, we're tired. And we look across the parking lot and there's Hooters and it is not as empty or it is not as busy. And so we went to Hooters for a second time in the same day. <laughs> and, and I don't think we got the same server, um, but we did sit at the exact same table that we were uh, earlier in the afternoon. So that's kind of funny, actually. <laughs> and and, and to, to be not that, you know, the doc is is into that that kind of thing. And, and quite frankly, I'm not either. But the. The point is, well, like, you know, we have a good friend and, and she used to be a server at a Hooters. And so it's kind of been toned down for us. And and like it's clearly not our top place. But but under those specific circumstances where it's like, look, we just need to eat somewhere, someplace reliable. We know what we're going to get. It's not crowded. You get in and out. The service is good. Yeah, you'll get good service at Hooters. I won't lie. You know, there, there's other things there. And, you know, as a, as a Catholic man, you know, I need to tell people you know like "Eh, (laughs) right you know like like i gotta gotta you know say like "Eh, not so much you know like it should not be your first choice right but or if it is and you're into that kind of thing like okay you know but anyway moving on um that that's kind of the situation so so jason you're going to be at the tailgate hopefully hopefully we'll meet up uh we will you know send the bat signal up uh, we were talking earlier, we'll have, you know, a flagpole, so it should be f- easier to find us in the joy slot. It's pretty big. Um, one thought I had is, you know, Marcus Raymond's our new coach, and we, quite frankly, don't know how long he'll be our head coach. Will he be there 12 years? Will he be there three years? Honestly, we don't know. But one thought I had, and and just to kind of be cheesy about it, is should we bury a time capsule? Should we gather some stuff and there are people write names on something, right? And should we bury a time capsule, a Marcus Freeman, you know, era time capsule? Like, like, let's pretend like Lou Holtz was hired as the head coach and it's, you know, you know, the beginning of the 1986 season, right? What what would happen? You know, what would we be pulling out? You know, a record of I don't I don't even know who good bands were in the 80s. You know, Van Halen. I don't even know um, stuff like that. What would we put in this time capsule? Right. Um, that's the kind of stuff I, I'm, I'm really tempted to do that. So um, 
maybe maybe it'll just be crushed beer cans or something in a in a Marcus Freeman time capsule or they don't even do ticket stubs anymore so we can't even put our blue and gold ticket stubs in because it's all e-ticketing now so anyway I think we've brought uh, brought Wookie on Wookie another loyal supporter of the show Wookie you are on the Fighting Irish Faithful podcast welcome sir what is up guys how are we all doing tonight it is... i have some things to say oh welcome sir the floor is yours please speak i'm gonna pour myself a bourbon hey you pour yourself a bourbon i got me some more jack it's all good um i want to bring it back to uh you talking about all these uh the cities that i know in indiana now um Mishawaka and um uh, uh, there was an Elkhart and everything. Yeah, my company that I work for just took over Indiana for IT support for healthcare. Oh. Yeah, so I know all those uh, those clinics and everything you guys have. I I help them out. <laughs> so the next time I have another kid, does that mean it's not going to cost as much money? Um, no, but it's going to mean that your equipment <laughs> is going to run better. <laughs> I, I will say this, like we just did our taxes, right? Not to talk about money and uncomfortable things, but. But you're going right. to. So I'm going to. Any, it's my show, right? Oh, our show. Right. But, right. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of captain of shit. apologize for the tax credit you get because you have a son Damn effing straight. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, How is that baby boy? Uh, he's 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 cute. He's ten months. He was ten months on um uh, uh on on Easter. So, yeah. Now he'll oh. he'll baby Irish faithful will have his first Notre Dame game at the tailgate. You know, and and we'll probably won't bring him to an actual game because it's you know blue and gold games a little less rowdy. So that's okay. And um, hey, you say that now. Get a couple <laughs> drinks. Do they then... even have ushers at the blue and gold game? I don't even know, but. We'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah, it's. It, we'll see I've Karen only been to one blue and gold game, and that's when I was a student. I was a grad student. I've been to one blue and gold game. So my wow. my uh, vi- uh, view or experience with it is extremely limited. In all honesty, I didn't even go my second year because I was writing my thesis at the time. Um, I actually got a parking ticket that weekend because I parked illegally by Notre Dame campus police. So. I, I fought the ticket. I lost it. They didn't care. But um, yeah, no, like having the baby and, you know, we're doing our taxes and it's like, you know, okay, we drained our health savings account and, you know, we get the tax credit with the baby and this, that, and the other. And it's just like, wow. Okay. Like that, that was way more impactful by having a, a child, you know, that, that was way better. So um, <laughs> okay. Like, you know, I guess the the show will be getting a new computer and, you know, might be doing some other stuff like, but we'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, but yeah, so Wookie, you're, you're yes. w- about the blue and gold game. Wh- and this is kind of the same question we've been asking coach Barsegian and What's Jason Yeager. What are you excited about with the blue and gold game? Well, we've already addressed the uh, quarterback, which we're all excited to see, and the wide receiver area, that's questionable. But the big question that I have right now is coming from the New Year's Six Bowl and our defense. Excellent. We need to pick our defense up. Like, we are – 
getting all these recruits on our offense and everything, that is great. That's perfect. But I haven't seen too many defenders being recruited. And let's face it, we got a hole in our secondary. Yep. We got a big hole in our secondary. And I think our pass rush is going to be a little bit lacking this year because of that. I mean, we still have some guys that did stick around. And Mm -hmm. uh, we did get a great transfer from Northwestern in Brandon Joseph to help out the safety side of things. Um, So so that that will be good. Um, I think most of our corners are still around. Um, And so hopefully, you know, they can develop and grow. But you're 100% right. And I, I really appreciate the the Al Golden Bengals who day approach that you're bringing yes you know focusing yep. on defense so you, thank you you know me man you yeah, know well, me I, I look at all angles well you, you post a lot on twitter so you know i just kind of <laughs> run into it anyway but but no you're you're 100 right i i really think that the defense it, it can't suck it, it has no, to be no. decent you know um you know i i made a big point about you know, passing touchdowns and rushing. And, you know, we talk about Tyler Buckner and things like that, but let's face it. You have to have defense and of all of the top 10 stats. I mean, half of them are defensive. The first is scoring defense, then total defense, then rushing defense. Right. Um, Now where passing defense is, you know, if you give me a minute, I'll, I'll find that out. But the, you're you're not wrong when you talk about the importance of defense. And I well, really and I appreciate that, that you're that balancing they're... everyone else everyone's looking at like oh, let's look at the quarterbacks and how's the receivers and and I'm per- me personally I'm looking forward to looking at our running backs. Right. We had a lead with with I mean I I love Marcus Freeman as my coach. I I love him. But we had a lead and we lost it. How did we have a lead and lose it? Defense. Well, and I think that's going to be a huge proponent to yes. not just the spring game, our offense going against our defense. But they're each, you know, competition is going to breed success. It's going to breed refinement. So yes. it's going to be, you know, steel sharpening steel. Yeah, it's before gonna- that, Defense, that game, the offense gets better. As the offense gets better, the defense gets better. And then you have, you know, the defensive mindset of, you know, Golden. I, I think yeah. having the NFL experience, turning around the Bengals the way he did. And I, I personally, from a defensive standpoint, I think our corners were hung out to dry a lot last year because our linebacker core was horrible. Exactly. That it's we could not get a pass rush to literally if a barn door was open, we still couldn't find any hay. I mean, we we were (laughs) I mean, I I may disagree with you guys just a little bit last year because our our sacks per game was was very good. Um, We were ranked 12th in the country last year in sacks per game, and we averaged uh you know, over three a game and to be 12th in the country 
in that stat is is really good and the national champion is around 10 so we're we're, we're in that you know in the meat and potatoes there um but you're not wrong you know secondary so the, you, i mean uh, like we were talking to coach parsegian and and i made this point in an earlier show when the the when coach parsegian was our coach back in the day and his recruiting you know his defensive backs were his top priority for recruiting yes. and if you really think about it like who are the guys that are defensive backs extremely fast extremely quick very athletic guys we're talking the todd lights of the world the <laughs> the tom zibikowskis right kyle hamilton potentially top five draft pick you know i'm we're all really excited about the draft coming up you know maybe we'll have a post-game draft you know i don't really watch the NFL, but I'm really curious to see where Notre Dame players go this year, especially with Kyle Hamilton and Kyron Williams and those guys. That's why I say I mean Jason Yeager's son is like like, you know, hoping that he goes to, you know, the 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 Bengals or something. Oh no, that's 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 Wookiee. We got a hole at defense with Kyle Hamilton. That's why I say we got a hole. We're losing Hamilton. And I know he's going on and everything. Well, and but... he hasn't, he didn't play until, you know, the USC game, you know, or whatever. No, tweak his leg, he but... was stout. He was a player. He, he made our team better. And I was disappointed yep. that we did not see him more at the end of the season. I'll, I was, I, uh, like, I was like, where was this guy? Where'd he come from? <laughs> like who? When he played as a freshman, I was so happy and excited that we yep. had Kyle Hamilton and, he was number 14. That's my favorite number. So there you go. But yeah, Wookie, other than defense, um, you know, what's your take on the whole Buckner and pine thing from the quarterback situation? Because let's face uh, it, that that's something like Jack Cohn took most of the snaps. Buckner right. was this guy who brought a lot of electricity, but pine is someone who's has stuck around. He probably could have transferred and he has chosen not to. And there's a reason for that. And I'm not asking you to predict why, but what's your thought of the two of them going into the blue and gold game? I think, well, now that we got a new coach, because we all know our former coach couldn't coach a goddamn quarterback to save his life. But um, anyway, uh, <laughs> with the two the two quarterbacks that we have right now, this is going to be a um, nail-biting to the end type of deal because I could see both of them going at it and us not having one but two quarterbacks because you put uh, Buckner in when we're down, when we kick it off and we're down there on the 20 going forward. And then once we get across the 50, Put in Pine, who's got that swagger, and who can uh, make shit happen. So put him in and go in the goal line with uh, with Pine. I say I say use them both. Yeah, I I think it. This is a great opportunity to feature both of these quarterbacks. I think we're gonna have a tie. We're gonna have a five star coming up after him anyway. So use them both. What one can hope, you know, getting someone like a. Uh, you know, Dante Smith, you know, th that would yeah. be 
fantastic. Um, hey, yeah. why not Arch Manning, who still hasn't commuted? <laughs> you know, that's interesting. You know, because he is like the He's number one number overall one recruit. Overall, and he is not committed. Pop, pop so, quiz, quick pop quiz. Who's the last number one overall that went to Notre Dame? Gosh, I don't know. Ron Wallace. I got no clue. Jimmy Clausen. I was gonna say Jimmy Clausen. Really? Yep, Jimmy Clausen. I I felt so. I, I I should. We should double check this on the internet. But I I was I had the pleasure of being a grad student at Notre Dame while Clausen was the quarterback, and it was in the two thousand eight two thousand nine time frame, and the most exciting game I, I watched was, was the 2009 game versus USC, which unfortunately was a loss. But I remember feeling going into that game. And if you re if you watch the replay of that game there, I mean, we don't, lo- we don't win obviously, but we did have a chance to beat Pete Carroll, beat USC when they were kind of starting their Pete Carroll decline. And, um, it was also Pete Carroll's last year and Weiss's last year, which is interesting. But mm-hmm. um, that was the most exciting game. And Clawson had the physical tools to do it. And if he had a better coach and had a better defense on the other side of the game, you know, like like Weiss's teams were kind of like a seven on seven team. You know, like like if someone says, OK, what do you remember about Charlie Weiss and his team? Like you're talking about Brady Quinn. You talk about, you know, Justin Marja. You talk about Golden Tate, one of my favorite players of all time. You know, even yep. Michael Floyd um, and, you know, what he did in the 2009 you know season against Nevada, for example, like. Jimmy Clausen had the ability to just destroy other teams if he had the time in the pocket with his receivers. And he had fantastic receivers, you know, playing with him. So I always felt like those were like seven on seven teams under Weiss. But back to back to Wookie's comment here with Buckner and Pine. These two guys, I I it would be a disservice if neither of them did not get both a fair shake. These guys definitely need to, to see, um, see the field and to get adequate playing time. Notre Dame's always been one quarterback. Why not have two this year? We got a new coach. We got new blood in the system. The, the the kids I'm sorry, they're they're players. The players are freaking pumped that Marcus Freeman is our coach. So I, I, I don't think know part of the reason why they're pumped though is they were probably told, and I'm gonna go back to what Yeager said. And just if a sign of things to come is that Jack Cohn had the entire game to do what he needed to do. And that was a commitment to a one quarterback runs the team system. Then the next obvious step in, and communication would have been to each Buckner and Pine. We have one quarterback. It will be a quarterback competition. So the two of you need to work hard 
because it's going to be you against you for the starting nod. And I think that right there is where you see the competition amping up. And that's why I am excited beyond belief because I I'm reading between the lines here. And I think it is going to be a one quarterback system. And I think it is an open quarterback competition between the two. I think in Marcus Freeman's first season, he would be foolish if he went in with filters and barriers and kind of this, you know, built in, you know, bias about who the starting quarterback ought to be. He needs to give, he needs to give, uh, you know, Tommy Reese the car, give each, each player, you know, the time they deserve and, you know, split the reps, right. And get, and, at the end of the day, and this is such a Kelly comment, you know, but it's not wrong where you say, you know, who gives us the best opportunity to win? And and he's, uh, and Kelly's not wrong when he says that. And he has no. been a coach for, you know, decades, right? Lo- almost as long as I've been alive. But, um, you know, th- that's the kind of stuff we're talking to. We have a new person, I believe. Yes, Darth? we do. Wow. Darth that Slop. Welcome to the Fighting Irish Faithful show, sir. Please introduce yourself. Tell us your tell the world because this show is heard around the world. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome to the Fighting Irish Faithful show. Thanks, guys. I I just came in, and I I think I'm getting the gist. We're talking about Buckner, the Pine, or doing both, or one of the others. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, we're, we're just talking about the blue and gold game in general and specifically the quarterback situation. But, I mean, hey, if you want to take us off and talk about the kickers, I, you know. No, okay. I think going forward, it's this two-quarterback, we're never going to win like that. If Buckner is the guy, he's got to be it. If he's not, I, I don't think Pine's the guy either. I think it'll be a back and forth, and sometimes somebody will have a good couple quarters, and everybody's going to jump up and down and say, oh, we should start him, and then that person will come in, and they'll throw picks, and they'll be like, oh, let's go back. It's got to be one or the other. You know. National championships aren't won with two quarterbacks. It's just not a thing. You're not wrong when you say that. You know, there there is definitely something to be said. You have to you have to commit, right? Like, like, what is it that, that there's a, every every like B movie or or even a, a sitcom has this situation where like one guy is like on a date with two women at the same time, right? You know, and it just never ends up well because they end up like seeing each other in the lobby or the women's room. You know what I mean? Like having two quarterbacks is like that same kind of dynamic. Like you're splitting your time, you can't focus on what's what's the task at hand beating the damn opponent the the guys in the other jerseys right if you're fucking around with you know this scheme and that scheme and and that sort of thing (laughs) what's that nice pun (laughs) i'm serious like like if if you're messing around back and forth between you know this that and the other it's like no you need to focus on your opponent those are the guys you need to be not this like, well, we need to split time and, and this scheme and yeah. this situation, this down and distance. Like, snaps. no, yeah. hike the fucking ball and just run it down their throat because I like running the football or just pass it off to your electric player. And who does that? Right. And me personally and Darth Sloth, I slop, slop, slop. Why, why did slop. I say slop? Slop. Dar- 
dart slop what's your twitter handle here nd slop 171 yeah yeah is that everyone at nd slop 171 follow him on twitter welcome to the show that's the kind of stuff we need we need just commitment and just just do it right like you don't and not commit like like if you make a mistake and like let's say they pick buckner okay and a couple games in the season and it's just not going well you know i personally think he's maverick i think he's dangerous in a good way where he pulls the air brake and he flies by, but he's too close for missiles, so he has to switch to guns. So that's why he's running, right? By the way, we need more Top Gun references on this pop- <laughs> podcast. Out. I was just going like to say, you're promoting the movie? Oh, shit. That's right. There is a new Top Gun movie coming out. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that supposed what? to come out like two years ago before COVID? Yeah, COVID blew that thing up. Fuck. Uh, gosh. All right. Well, hey, you know, it's going to happen now. But regardless of COVID and Top Gun, my, my point is if, if say Buckner, everyone believes Buckner is the, the, the man. And, and that's what I believe to the point where I'm willing to put his name on a fucking t-shirt for this, this podcast. If we, if, if say he falls short, we would be foolish not to move on with Drew Pine. And I mentioned this earlier in the show. In 2014, we had Everett Golson. Everett Golson came back from his academic suspension. He comes back and he does amazing things. And we almost beat Florida State. But then we go to this ASU game and he throws like five picks or it was awful. He should have yeah. been benched during that game in the third, fourth quarter. And Malik Zaire should have come in then. The next games would have been much, much better. And that did not happen. So my point is, if you stick to a guy because either you like him or because you have this bias and it's like, no, at some point you have to watch what's happening on the football field and make an assessment. Football is all about down and distance and adjusting. And if your other option at quarterback in Drew Pine is doing something different that makes your team less volatile or less likely to fail, then you have to go with that. But that's only at the extent that if you've already have evidence that the first guy, Buckner, and I'm using this as a hypothetical example, if that is putting you in a worse situation. But Darslop, what's your thoughts? I I think none of this, you know, we haven't seen enough from either one of those guys. Like we've seen Buckner run some, we have seen Pine play okay, Uh, but I don't. I just feel like none of this matters till we go to Columbus. I I agree. Till we get on the field and we see how Buckner handles that pressure, and and by all accounts, uh, Ohio State's defense isn't very good. So right now, like, but we'll we're, see. We're, yeah, I, I want to yeah. see his arm strength. Apparently, yes. he can throw the top off the gym. So, and that's I, a, but that's what we heard last season too. He never threw the damn ball, and that and Whose that's what I'm. That? Well, no, he did. Yeah. He did throw it a couple times. One at the Navy game we were at, and I, I was it, there with you at that game. It was electric. Yeah, 
So it was just, I want to see him take the top off the field. I want to see him really challenge DBs deep. And he could have the arm of the century. We haven't seen it. But again, do we have the receiver core that can actually get down the field to get there? Michael Mayer's going to have to be all world this year. Oh, yeah. Like best tight end. Own the center of the field. Yeah. Delayed crossing routes as, you know, somebody's clearing out the zone. He's coming right into the open hole. Absolutely. Yeah. One, one thing <laughs> you guys mentioned is how Ohio State, you know, they didn't have a good defense. Well, don't forget, they just hired Jim Knowles. Where was he before? Yep. Oklahoma State, the team we just yeah. lost to. Oklahoma yeah. State lost him right before the bowl game, and Ohio State paid him a shit ton of money to be their DC. So Ohio State should their defense should be improved this year from where it was last year. But let's not forget CJ Stroud like lit the Rose Bowl up over Utah in in that game. And they have some serious, serious weapons that Notre Dame is gonna have to deal with. And having a good secondary and like I'm not saying it's going to be a shootout. Uh, I to let, let me put it another way. I was thinking of this game, you know, a little foreshadowing, and I've been listening to like some like intense motivational music the last couple of weeks. I don't really know why, but I just have been. And if anyone wants to really like be motivated, you need to listen to a uh, music called two steps from hell and i know it sounds like really like goth and terrible right but just go with me here just type in two steps of from hell victory on youtube or something like that and you will get this like epic like legit music and we've used some of that that music on the on the podcast here um and my point is i was listening to some of this music driving into work today. And I was thinking of this Ohio state game and I really think Notre Dame and Ohio state fans are in for something really, really special with this game. I remember like 10 years ago when this game was announced and seeing, Oh, Notre Dame, Ohio state 2022 and being like, Holy shit. That is so far away from now. And I don't even remember when this game was first announced. And I don't even want to bother going back into Google and reading articles of when this was first announced because it's kind of moot. I am so excited for Notre Dame to be playing Ohio State the first week to really have this reckoning of Marcus Freeman with his former team in the horseshoe. I, I mean, you talk about stories, you know, and poetics and, and whatnot. Oh, you can't write this you can't write this you know the only thing that would be maybe quote-unquote better would be like if trestle was on this on notre dame sidelines too or something like that you know in a vest um maybe that's what we should do we should wear vests for the game i don't know but my point is i was getting really excited for the ohio state game but the thing is i don't even know what we're gonna see what is notre dame gonna trot out in columbus we're going to find a little bit about that this Saturday at the blue and gold game. Who is going to be the quarterback? Who is going to emerge? You know, and, and let's not, let's not kid ourselves. The blue and gold game is a practice. It's a glorified practice. And we talk about practice. 
Um, I got to insert that that clip here of Iverson. <laughs> but but that's my point, right? Like, there's so much excitement on the horizon. You know, we're we're excited about the blue and gold game. We're excited. I I think we lost Dar Slop here. But we're excited about the Blue and Gold game. We're excited about Ohio State. And there's so many other good things going on here that Notre Dame is on the uptick. And there's electricity with our new head coach, with this new staff and new players. And the team has new life within it. Not that it was dead and stale and, you know, decaying on the vine here under Kelly. No, I'm not saying that. But Coach Parsegian, you're back. What do you think? Um, one thing you said earlier. You said Jimmy Clausen was the last number one overall pick, I think. Okay. Uh, um, number one overall recruit. I was just going to – I thought he said pick in the draft because i was going to correct no no, no. I, I was i was talking about uh, recruiting number oh, one overall okay. recruit what uh was gunner kill not a number one uh, so you're not wrong but gunner keel never played a single down for notre dame okay. okay so 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 you're not wrong when you talk about that but at the same time, he played for Cincinnati, right? Like, like so. Oh, yeah. So he was like, he was redshirted, wasn't he? You know, that was a kind of a weird situation with Keel, and and it would take me so long to go back and figure out what was going. On. I I knew at the time I followed that really really well, but right now today, that yeah, there's no way I'd be able to figure that out. out of my... I wonder oh, yeah. if well, I uh, thought TV said... Knows, I know Dave waiting. D- Dave, we we have invited Dave. I know he's excited about the spring game. DB here is excited for uh the tailgate. So hopefully he unmutes himself. Hit hit the pink button, Dave. I know you. I know you're a doctor. You're on call. You know in the ER. Getting <laughs> phone calls here. So here's a really random question for the field. Uh oh. You think Marcus Freeman pulls out the green jersey for the Ohio State game? Oh, man. I don't know. Let's ask Dave. Um, that would be all right. It's been a while since they've worn them. I think since the Sugar Bowl with Florida, when Jerome Bettis just got absolutely stupid. Um, I would like to see that. And I want to just say this, because I've been listening, and I guess my mic was off. Guys, if our secondary does not show up in this game on September 3rd, we are going to get buried. And I mean buried. Uh, I don't think you're their wrong. Talent, their talent on the, on the outside, their running backs, their quarterback, if we don't get to him and our defensive backs get burned, I mean, it's going to be a long day. Can we score? I think we can. Their defense will be better than it was last year, but it's still not the Ohio State defenses that us guys have been used to all these years. Last year was pretty mediocre, and it's been a while since they've had a mediocre defense. They're going to be a lot better. 
I know we've got some better talent. We've got some better coaching. That has to come through on September 3rd, or it's going to be like it was in the Fiesta Bowl in 2006. And we know what happened then. That was an ass beating. <laughs> so we, we don't need that. I mean, do I think that will happen? I pray to our Lord above it won't. But we got to have certain guys show up, and that secondary better show up because if they don't, it's not going to be – it's going to be really ugly yeah, on that Dave, first game. Dave, I really appreciate that, and, and thank you, and welcome back to the Fighting Irish Faithful Show. Yes, yeah. Um, well, nice seeing you guys. Nice yeah. hearing from you. I'm excited about Saturday, but I'm excited about this. Guys, I mean – Think about it. Marcus Freeman from Huber Heights, Wayne, because I'm from Ohio. I know exactly where he went to high school and played, him and Mickens. And um, these guys are all in on Notre Dame. I mean, to bring in Al Washington and a hell of a linebacker as a grad assistant, James Laronitis, whose dad was one of the barbarians in the WWE, I mean, that's pretty awesome. Now, for them, for them to coach against them, it's going to be kind of weird. But we got a guy that's recruiting his ass off. I mean, look what we just got today. Now, they need Braylon James to get in Carnell Tate's ass as well as Dante Moore and bring them aboard because I heard you guys talking about quarterbacks and winning national championships. Now, remember back just four years or five, five, six years ago, Alabama won with a backup quarterback in the fourth quarter in overtime, a freshman. And we all know who he's playing for the Miami Dolphins now and won one other title when he was at Alabama. If you have two quarterbacks, a lot of people say you don't have any. Bullshit. You got two guys that can play, that can throw and run. We got two very athletic kids, and we don't know about Steve Angel. We have no idea what he's going to be like. Right. We'll find out more on, on Saturday. Yep. Because I think we got the best linebacking core in the country, and I think we got the best running back core in the country. Our, our now, running backs are, are really, really oh. stout. And, and you're, I, I, I want to talk about the the. the the piece you brought up, not not to cut you off, but I wanna I wanna highlight yeah. this because I think you've made a very very legit point. The secondary is vital; it is essential. I have yeah. thought about this Ohio State game coming up, and where where is the weakness? If, if I am if I'm Ohio State and I'm looking at Notre Dame, where is the oh. weakness? It's the secondary, and and if I and furthermore, if I'm the if I'm Ohio State, what is our strength? Our freaking quarterback, C.J. Stroud. He's fantastic. And so we must have solid defensive play. I really think the tougher defense in that game will be the victor. Now, this will be a smash mouth football game. Absolutely. And and I honestly think that if it is a smash mouth game, kind of more like, you know, Notre Dame versus Army in 1932 or, you know, <laughs> Notre Dame versus Stanford in 2014 in the rain, you know, that kind of a game. I, I if yeah. if it comes down to that, I'm much more confident. If it's a shootout, I don't feel good about it just because CJ Stroud has already proven that he can 
dominate in a shootout and can shoot yes. fish in a barrel um, with his yep. abilities. He he's fantastic, and and we do not have that proof um, on the you know on our sideline that on the field you know we do not have the evidence of and the the reps and the, and the stats and the numbers that that show that and, and live game action and that's what, exactly and and we'll get a glimpse of that this saturday in the blue and gold game which is which is fantastic but dave you're 100 percent right i think that if we have solid defensive play solid you know defensive backs that are that are decent that can that can make yeah. big plays when it matters front of them, yeah if they can keep the ball in front of them and don't give up the six points i don't care if if those those receivers catch the ball and go 10 yards as long as they only go 10 or 10 yards or 20 not all the way into the end zone so we got to limit yak yards for sure well exactly. and it's, it's kind of and a that's what it's kind of a bend don't break, nice. right? This is kind of the Bob Diaco philosophy of bend don't break, right? Yes, and that's what we need to play against these guys. We have to. It has to be that way. And if you take um, the wide receivers out of the game and keep the ball in front of you, and they just sit there and just trickle the ball, of course, trickle the ball down the field, that's fine. If we could hold in the field goals and a touchdown here and there, and and you guys know as well as I, we got the best offensive line coach in football, no matter if it's high school, college, or the NFL, in the last 30, 40 years. Al Moore is probably the best line coach that ever lived, but this guy is probably right behind him. Now, our line, with the backs that we have, Tommy Reese better come up with all kinds of packages for these guys that we have that will tote the football, and we got some guys that can tote the football. I mean, we and we're got... going to have some linemen that um, are going to be able to do a lot of good things because they're being taught a lot better than Quinn. I mean, don't get me wrong, Quinn was a good, good coach, but he's no, he's, he's not, not this Harry guy. Houston. He's not Harry Houston. No, he and, is not. And and you know that's that's another thing that and 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 I've said this before in the show. I'll say it again for for the guys that that just came off, you know, ND prime and Chris belts who just joined us. Thanks guys for joining us. If you want to, if you want to speak by all means, stay on when we're done with Dave, uh, you know, stay with us. Thing I'm looking most forward to in this blue and gold game. And we will, the fighting Irish faithful, uh, yours truly, we will be at the blue and gold game this weekend. Yes. We are looking for, oh, I'll speak for myself. I am looking forward to our running backs. I know we're talking about yes. passing. I've been talking about how yeah. passing touchdowns, I mentioned earlier in the show, passing touchdowns is the second most important stat in that that our team needs to focus on. But at the end of the day, we need to look at... 87. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. And the national champion average over the last 10 years averages 8.5. Out of 130 teams, eight and a half ranking over in passing touchdowns. But let's look at our team, the offense specifically, and the running back specifically. Diggs. Yes. Tyree. Yes. Estime. Yes. I mean, like. Estime. And Hello. Hello. Yeah. The, the, these are yeah. the guys 
that can take the ball, run it down your fucking throat, okay? Hand the ball yeah. to these guys, and it makes everybody look good. And, and now, with a good offensive line. Some play action, a little bit of check down. Yeah, please. You know, yes, a lot of that. Not a little, a lot. A lot of play action. I love that. Great call. That's a beautiful call. Yes. If you have, if you have a passing threat, it frees up the run, right? You can't do play action if you can't run, and you can't do play action if you can't pass. You have to be able to do both, and that's what makes you exceptional. We should be able to now. I would if if we were talking about a Kelly regime coming back this year, I'm going to say no to that. But now that we got this, I'm going to say we could play action people to death. I mean to death. You've got the best tight end in college football who should have won yep. the John Mackey Award last year. It's a bunch of bullshit. And you've got some other receivers coming that are going to be fine. I think once my boy gets done with his rehab on his knee, he's going to be perfect. I mean, we've got Styles out there. we got some weapons. We could run play action all day because we're going to run the ball. We should be able to run the ball just like Oregon did against Ohio State last year. Oh, now we're talking. I mean, you can't tell me that Oregon's got better backs than we do and better and a better line than we're going to have come September say, 3rd. offensive line is going to be what sets us apart. Yes, exactly. It is. And if we can block and, and block well, which I think we're going to, because we have the talent to do that and we have a coach – to teach that there's no reason why we can't do that because if we do oh my god is that going to open up play action if number 12 is under center well dave that could be very scary dave i really appreciate we've uh we've invited uh a, a yeah. new person to speak here at notre dame okay, prime uh to join us so if at notre dame prime wishes to uh, speak and contribute to the fighting irish faithful podcast you've been invited to speak um, we have uh, just click the pink microphone in the lower left-hand corner uh, to join the show if you wish to contribute to the conversation. Um, but until that happens, Dave, um, y- yeah. you're right. I mean, the offense needs to move in the direction that gives us the ability to win. Is it running the football? Yeah. Is it passing yes, the football? Yes, it is. It starts... I think you need to have to do both. I really do. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, I agree. And you were you I, were I, talking about Lorenzo Styles, and you know I oh, I, I pulled up yeah. I pulled up the the stats from the Oklahoma State game, and yeah. and he was our most productive uh, receiver from a yard standpoint. He had 136 yards, and uh, one touchdown. Now Mayer, yeah. who you also mentioned. Mayor yes. at ND Prime dropped off. I think he got scared, or they they couldn't handle the intensity of the Fighting Irish <laughs> Faithful show, and that's fine. Well, you know. voice, the, the, this is a fan. Love, yeah. This is fan driven. You know, we're passionate. You know, we're we're. This is not. You know, this is not. Shh, shh. You're in the stadium. Shh. Yeah. No. You're, this is. This you're is, in the stadium. We're the fighting Don't. Irish, baby. Yeah. Yeah. No. We're we're, we are the Irish. Fighting Irish. The, like this is bare knuckle boxing, team, right? Okay. Yeah, we're gonna well, be yelling from the gold. Seats. Yeah, this isn't Carl behind oh, us at yeah. the Navy game telling me to sit down. You know that guy. <laughs> fuck that guy. All right. I mean, respect. He had a father's head pin, and he, they stayed for the whole game. But what the hell? Like, 
we red snapper next time we go to a game we need to sit in a different spot all right and that's on me because i picked the spots but 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 lorenzo style had the most yards in the bowl game and then mayor had two touchdowns in the game but only had 72 yards but he also had seven receptions so I mean, but we had no running game. We had no running game. Oh my! Well, we ran the ball twenty-three percent of the time in the game, and it was it was pretty abysmal. So, um, yes, you know who now, who knows? I, I mean, would, uh, but, I would love to play them again this year with what we have with that against that same team. What we're gonna have come this September, we would bury them. We had them buried. If we wouldn't have let them score with a minute 42 to go in a half and turn the whole momentum of that game around, and we never got it back. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you're 100% that. We right. should have beat them by 40-something. Easy. Yeah. Easy to the way we were going down and scoring and just pounding sand in their ass. And we got, and then we let them come back with a minute 42 and score, and then guess what? We didn't do shit the whole second half. Uh, nothing. We did nothing. I look at this score and it's like we lost thirty-seven to thirty-five, and it was you know we yeah. essentially lose by a field goal. You could argue, and we missed a field goal. You know, and that's not to piss on Dory. You know, that's that's not what I'm talking about. And and I firmly believe football never comes down to just a single play, unless it's Florida State in 2014. You know, with the bullshit offensive pass interference. But other than that, oh, yeah. Yeah. Other, other than that, um. There, there is. There's a lot that happened in that game. You know, the whole third quarter. You know, not playing Buckner. Uh, the defense not adjusting well. well yeah. What do you guys on think about on that? On. What do you guys think about Buckner not getting one snap in that bowl game? Not I mean, I mean, it's, it's I. Something we were kind of we brought up a little bit. Earlier. We we have I'll talked about this before. I, I Did you? Think, oh, okay. I think it was a commitment of Marcus Freeman. Getting with Tommy Reese and saying, hey, let's pick one guy and let's stick with him all game. And if that's a sign of things to come moving forward, then it translates to the competition between now Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner for the starting position. So you got an open quarterback competition now. I think that in itself is going to be a huge dynamic. And to me, I think it's going to be which of the two rises to the top and takes the, the position. I honestly believe that. Yeah, I think I think that you're 100% right, Red Snapper. You know, I think that if if Notre Dame can recognize the weakness of their opponent and can capitalize on that weakness, you know, that's what good coaches do. And I don't want to point out weaknesses of Marcus Freeman. So, so I don't want anyone to, to misunderstand what I'm about to say here, but Marcus Freeman has coached as a head coach in college. One game and one game. And and I have full confidence in the guy. So don't misunderstand this. But he has not coached as much as Ryan Day. He has not coached as Kelly, even, you know, and or we could compare him to the gold standard, which is Saban right now. He has not coached significant number of games, and so he has not had, you know, the the repetition, the routine, the 
the lessons learned, whatever you want to say, Marcus Freeman has none of that. Now, I think he's really sharp and smart where if he has the experience of Al Golden on staff and he has brought in legacy coaches and, and coaches with experience such as he Stan and et cetera, and keeping some other continuity with people like Reese. But moving forward, th that is really, really what needs to happen. Oh, I agree. But, but Dave, Dave, we put you on mute. Cause I, uh, I think you're driving, you know, cause you're a doctor and you work nights or, or whatever you do. D Dave, go ahead and un unmute yourself here. Um, Dave, are you going to be at the blue and gold game? Um, I know Red Snapper and I will be there. Um, Jason Yeager will be there. There it is. Am I on now? Yes, loud, on. loud and clear. All right. Well, not not clear, but loud. Off. Yeah, I'm, uh -huh. I'm in the car driving, so I'm, I got you guys are on. Actually, you're on the Bluetooth, so it's oh. kind of cool. So, right. Dave, yeah, you will be at the game? Work. Yes, on Saturday morning I will find you guys. At 10 o'clock, and I'll be hungry and thirsty. <laughs> Sounds good. I think right now we got, we're, we're doing burgers and Dots pretzels and, you know, the usual tailgate beverages. But, um, yeah, be, bring whatever you want. You know, we'll, we'll have a small camping yeah. stove. Um, so we will have a black uh, Volkswagen Atlas and uh on order, it's supposed to arrive, I think, Thursday, a uh, flag that, a uh, flagpole stand, what have you, that fits under the tire of your vehicle. That That is arriving, so we'll be getting that, bringing that along. Uh, look for the Stars and Stripes and a Notre Dame Fighting Irish flag. I, I did talk to the doc about taking the, uh, the Fighting Irish Faithful podcast logo putting that in a flag because that'll definitely be the 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 ultimate bat signal uh to the fighting irish faithful yeah. of the show yeah. uh unfortunately um maybe i shouldn't say, i'm gonna say it anyway so so anyone who has fighting irish faithful gear uh and there's only a few people <laughs> who actually ordered or got the original gear and I'm not talking about the Catholics versus Cowboys gear that you got, Dave. Yeah. So yeah. the one with the leprechaun and all that. So I was actually, uh, I don't want to say given a strike, but um, there was a complaint made that I was violating the copyright of the University of Notre Dame. So I have uh, respectfully taken down in order to not get into legal trouble. And uh, so the Fighting Irish Faithful good. show will be getting a new logo uh, soon. So um, we will um, be working on that. So new gear will be coming out. So if you have the original gear, uh, you have the uh, limited release. But the, the new gear uh, will be coming. And it, it's going to be the, basically the same thing. But the, the Leprechaun, unfortunately, has to go. It looks too much like the university. And I'd rather not fight it. I'd rather just... Okay, we'll we'll do something else. So uh, it burns my ass a little bit, but you know it, it is what it is. And I work for a big company. I understand copyright and you know export laws and this yeah. kind of thing. So it's like yeah. okay, you know it's intellectual property. We'll we'll leave it where it is. So you no, know, let's not deal with it. But 
But Dave, you'll be there. Are you driving in that morning, staying the night before? What's what's your story? I'll be driving in that morning. All right. Because I work. I'm going to get off at 7. I'm going to get off at 7 on Friday and then get home, get some sleep. And I'll be there around 10 o'clock. Now, Brilliant. where is this lot at? Is it on the south end zone yeah, lot? Yes, south of the stadium. Okay. That's the Joyce lot. Yep. Yeah. If okay. you if you googled uh, Joyce Lot, or even if you really want to Google, you know, or just look at Google Maps, look to the south below the stadium there on Google Maps. Yeah. That, that'll pull it up. Yeah. I, I. Matter of fact, I met Kate and her husband and some other guys there the first time at the Georgia Tech game, and it was in that lot right there. So I kind of figured that's where it was at. Yeah, we're we're excited. Red Snapper is flying out from California. Yay. Uh, oh my gosh. That's in. awesome, bro. That's gonna be sweet. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, bro nice. bro is flying in and uh uh myself, baby Irish Faithful and the doc will be swinging by the Indy Airport uh picking him up and driving up to south bend um i'm thinking we're gonna fast food some breakfast somewhere and then uh get there as soon as we can because probably first come first serve uh, is from what i've read from past posts and yeah we're gonna we're gonna have a great uh great time we're gonna tailgate enjoy 80 i i really hope it is i mean we we literally got snow on monday morning which was BS. We did. Here. We got two inches of snow here. I mean, we're. I'm. I'm straight east of South Bend in Ohio, and it's. Yeah, I woke up and it was two inches of snow on the ground, and I'm like, "You effing kidding me? <laughs> really? Happy Easter, right? Happy Easter." Yeah, I'm like, wow. But I mean, that's that is what it is. But you know, it's gonna be a great day. It's gonna be nice to meet you guys, and uh, I can't wait to see what the guys look like. I'm excited. I mean, but we got we have a lot of work to do before September 3rd. Well, both my brother and I are handsome. We both have facial hair, so that that should narrow it down real quickly. Um, uh, Red Snapper might might look a little more tan because he's from California. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it depends on what part of California he's from. L.A. L.A. Baby. Oh God, Red Snapper! Thank God, I, you don't have that fight on bullshit going on. No, no, fuck, no, fuck that team. Was, mom, mom and dad raised you right. Yeah. Especially when CJ CJ Williams decommitted that little bastard. <laughs> yeah, no. Because he's a he's a talent, and that, that little shit decommitted. D- Dave, Dave, did you did you watch or listen? Uh, maybe not watch, but but listen to the. Uh, my USC pregame show. No, I go, did not. Go, go back on YouTube or Spotify or anyone who's listening on the on the show. Go to the USC uh, pregame show from this past season. I literally ate a crazy hot pepper. It was not a Carolina Reaper, but it was like a step down from that. I ate a crazy yeah. hot pepper and then proceeded to speak about how much I hate USC. Oh my god. So if you if you want some oh. entertainment and, and laughter while yeah. I piss all over the Trojans, um, 
that is what I did. Yeah. Well, anyway, right. uh, Dave, there, there's a there's a little stat piece I want to talk about here. Um, okay. And and a few other things uh, we want to want to address. It's been fantastic talking to you. We are looking forward to to meeting you, meeting yeah. uh, Jason Yeager. Uh, Brandon Fry, who unfortunately couldn't join us tonight, but Brandon has reached out to me. He's a South Bend local, uh, at Biff underscore 13, I believe is his Twitter handle. Um, he has already reached out to me. There's a few other people who I suspect will be there. Um, we'll have to DM some people. Anyone who wants to, to stop by, I I can't guarantee we can feed and drink everybody, but by all means, if you have something (laughs) like we will bring a camp, a Coleman stove. And if you got hot dogs, brats, whatever, if you want to throw them on the grill, happy to do that. Uh, and we are, we will share, um, but stop by. It's all about the fellowship. You know, we, we are the fighting Irish faithful. And this show would yeah. not be what it is without our loyal listeners, people like yourself, Dave, people like Eric Parsegian, Jason Yeager, the Wookiee, all these other guys who what follow us. What's the Wookiee? What's the Wookiee? Was he, was he on earlier? Wookiee was on earlier. He, he, he is from Cincinnati by way of Florida, I believe now. So I, I do yeah. not think he, he, he had to step off. He's... You know, he's he works IT. He's got a focus. He works. I love field. I love his his videos. Just he, kill me. He, he's got I some some entertaining and stuff. So, but yeah, yeah. So so Dave, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, we will see you on Saturday. And yep. and anyone who else who wants to join us, um, by all means, you know, look look for us on Twitter. Myself at Fighting Irish Faithful at Faithful underscore Irish on Twitter or at Red Snapper ninety ninety eight. We will uh, be posting some stuff out there. Find us. Uh, we'll find each other. Come, stop by. Be bold. Say yeah. hello. We're, we are very welcoming people. We're very friendly people. Um, you know, yeah. and or if you just look for a crying baby, that's probably my son. So. <laughs> All right, Dave. Thanks for joining us. Go Irish. All right, guys. I can't wait to see you guys on Saturday morning. All right. Cheers. Go Irish. Looking forward to it, man. All right, see ya. See you guys then. All right, bye. All right, that was Dave. DB, if if you want to know more about Dave, uh, go back to the Fighting Irish Faithful After Dark episode, and we learn a little bit more about Dave and his ex-wife uh, wedding night story, and that that's all I'll say. That'll be a little carrot for anyone. <laughs> Red Snapper. I heard that. I heard that. I thought I muted you. Go, go away. Cover uh, muted you. <laughs> I have that power. You ain't gonna move. You ain't get rid of me that quick. Muting bro. you again. Okay, I, I'll do this all night. Uh, yeah. Hey, Dave. Yeah, respect. And 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 not to be disrespectful. That that was a, that was a great story. That was a fantastic pod podcast. Um, if you want some entertainment, you know, it kind of starts out a little slow, but it gets wild real quick um talking about you know ex-wives to wives and just you know spouses drinking alcohol like we're talking about nerd in football and somehow this stuff, kind of stuff happens so piece i want to talk about here before we go uh we're about two hours in red snapper and there's one more thing i want to talk about and it is about recruiting we've talked about 
you know, Dante Smith and our quarterback situation and a potential five-star. We've talked about Buckner and how he's awesome. We've talked about Jimmy Clausen and how he was number one overall and all these other things. As recruiting has become more and more apparent and especially under Marcus Freeman. And if we had to characterize Marcus Freeman as one person or one name, it would be recruiting. He has definitely emphasized recruiting with how he has carried himself, and that is important. And here is why. I wanted to look at not only the stats of how national champions perform, but I wanted to look at how the national champions were successful in the recruiting avenue. So what I did is I looked at the four years previous to every team who has won the title. So for example, Georgia, Georgia just won the title. If you take the four years leading up to their title in 2021, they were fourth, first, second, and first in recruiting. Prior to that in 2020 was Alabama. They were second, first, fifth, and first. LSU in 2019, fifth, 15th, seventh and second where am i going with this if i could not go back 10 years but i could go back nine years and going back nine years in recruiting every team that has won the title their average recruiting for four years was 5.3 fifth in the country so what does that mean recruiting is important the team that is holding the trophy at the end of the year, the most important stat is still total touchdowns scored. The national champion averages 4.7th in the country in total touchdowns. But you could argue that the next most important stat is not passing touchdowns. It's actually recruiting, which is not really a stat, but you have to have good players to win. The four-year recruiting average is 5.3. I will say that again. The average recruiting of the team that holds the big trophy at the end of the year is fifth in the country. And what's really interesting about that is if we look at Alabama specifically, and why do we look at Alabama? Not just because we like Nick Saban and he's Catholic and all these other things. No. Alabama has been there again and again and again, you know, since 2009, one, two, three, four, five, six times they have won the title. Okay. And in 2020, they have been second, first, fifth, and first in 2017, four years in a row, four years in a row, Alabama was first in the country. I will say that again. They were four years in a row, number one in the country. They were also Four years in a row, number one in the country in 2015. It is no surprise why Notre, by Alabama has won the title multiple times because they have had the best players, okay? It's really easy to win titles if you have the best players. Now, where is Notre Dame in all of this, okay? No, they're not number one overall. No, Notre Dame... Instead, their four-year recruiting last year is 13th, then 13.2, 12.5, 12.5, 12.5, 12.5, 12.5, 12.5, 12.5, 12.5, 12.5, 12.5, 12.5, 12.5, 12.5, 12.5, 12.5, 12.5, 12.5, 12.5
12, 12.25, 11. The best it ever was was in 2014, it was 10.5. We were 11th, 5th, 17th, and 9th. So just outside of the top 10. So my point here is this. Why do I bring this up? With Marcus Freeman and his big emphasis is on recruiting, and you can clearly see that in how he carries himself day in and day out. But if if Notre Dame is going to be successful, we need to illustrate and model what good teams are doing. Marcus Freeman is tapping into something that's very important. He's tapping into recruiting. Why is he tapping into recruiting? Because he's smart. He's intelligent. He knows what he's talking about. You have to go have good players. It's easier to coach if you have good players. I believe it was our last show we did back in February with Five Foot Nothing Pod. He was talking about having good players, and it's easier to coach up four and five stars than it is three and three and two stars. If you have good players or top five talent in the country, your likelihood of success is better. Why? Because they already have the tools in the toolbox. They have the athletic ability. These other teams, Georgia, Alabama, that I've talked about, they have consistently have good recruiting classes. Notre Dame must compete in these same areas to be successful. If we ever want to see a number year on the big yellow sign outside the locker room down the stairs, play like a champion today and all that stuff, but you have to recruit the good players. We need to recruit these guys, come to Notre Dame, make this a 40-year decision, not a four-year decision, be impactful at this university that will change your life. We are the Fighting Irish Faithful. We love Notre Dame. We love this school. We love Notre Dame. This is not your average university. The guys that have called in on this show, anyone from Dave to Eric Arcegian to Wookie to Jason Yeager, any of these guys, we are ride or die people. My co-host, Red Snapper 1998, who's gone on mute. We are the Fighting Irish Faithful. Welcome back, co-host. We need good players, good recruits to compete for a national championship. This is the first time I have ever said this, but the numbers are convincing me to pay more attention to recruiting. Now, there's so many factors that go into recruiting, and there's so many things that are outside of even Marcus Freeman's. Our head coach, there's so much outside of his influence directly, but indirectly, he can paint the program in a good st- good position but we have to have top five talent on average. But Red Snapper, that that's the big stat piece I wanted to drop on everybody tonight, that in addition to the change in the overall, you know, stats on the football field that you can read on ESPN, the recruiting piece has significantly impacted how I look at college football going forward. No, and I, I definitely think all of us have 
really, if we weren't already on that train, have definitely jumped on that train because of the emphasis that Marcus Freeman has made, has forced people just like you to look at the statistics of it, look at its real efficacy and the common thread. And that's part of why you do a national champion average is you're looking for that commonality of each of those teams, despite their pros and cons of having a Trevor Lawrence or having Mac Jones, having a Tua Tunga Bailoa or a Deshaun Watson, or is it, you know, some other player? Is it a receiver that just takes the top off all of that? What is the overall combination? What is the average? What are, the, the common threads that each of those teams have. And another key element is something that happens before you even get on the field, and that's recruiting. And I think that's a huge emphasis. And that's definitely kind of the new where football is going in general anyway. Especially with name, image, and likeness. Oh, absolutely. I think name, image, and likeness has a huge deal with it. Um, but, I mean, you look at even some of the, the high schools that are taking a lot of flack right now for the emphasis on are you recruiting, are you not recruiting, my alma mater. You know, that there's a lot that's going on right now in the high school ranks that who knows how that's going to impact. If college is now just starting to saddle up the name, image, likeness horse, how far away are we from high school having the same? You, you're not wrong. Is this, is this, I don't want to say a slippery slope, but like, what's the next step, right? We and, all know that, that high school sports is a major fundraiser for each program. Oh, yeah. Support. Absolutely. I mean, and, and, you know, my high school, Damien High School out in California, you know, they just won state in basketball, you know, and that was unheard of. My basketball team and my senior year was horrible. And now they're, winning state like like hello you know my thought is this this show will always always be fan-centric and evidence-based we will change our stripes as the numbers change we're not changing just because it feels good or this is my bias or my opinion my bias would be running the football but i've already come out here tonight and told you Passing touchdowns is the second most important stat out there, okay? And rushing touchdowns must be a lesser priority, which burns my ass. I don't like saying that, but I am willing to <laughs> drop my fucking ego because I love this university and I want us to win. That is the whole point here. This is not about ego. This is not about bias. This is not about my opinion. I, yes, I have opinion, and, and people clearly are slightly interested in it. Otherwise, they would not listen to this podcast, or they would not listen to Red Snapper, or Dave talking about his ex-wife, right? Sorry, Dave. We're going to keep talking about that. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was like one Game of the best. Plug. That was one of the best stories we ever heard. But, but my point is... I oh, heard that again. <laughs> Do you want to make a comment? Did we miss something? Is there a detail we missed? Uh, no, it it was it was, <laughs> one of the, it was hilarious. I mean, we had a we had a blast. I don't know how we got on it, but we did. And, um, Dave, it Dave, awesome. I will I mean, say that I have listened. I I recently re-listened to that show. 
I have probably listened, re-listened to that show more than any other. Uh, I, that was one of the best shows we ever had. It was just so like shoot from the hip, just yeah. where it went is where it went. And it was kind of the end of the season. So we kind of had that ability to do that. And even right now, you know, yeah. we're, we're over two hours into a show and we're just kind of rambling, yeah. but um, yeah, no, like, like, this show will always be fan centric and we want to make it as interactive as possible. I know it's kind of hard on a Tuesday night in April uh, for people to get really excited about Notre Dame football. And, and if you can, that's great. If not, Hey, you do you Um, in the fall though, we, I, I still have intentions of doing something new, which we'll hold off on now. I know red snapper knows what I'm talking about. Uh, potentially doing with live shows. Um, it will not be on Twitter. It'll be a different format, and I'll just say that. Um, and it's a way of expanding okay. it and, and maybe seeing... Now, I'm kind of wondering if whether I, this is a good idea or a bad idea because I may have to change something with the RSS feed, but we'll, we'll come across that later. The show will still exist, and uh, we are hoping to to make it as interactive as possible. Look, how many podcasts are out there with one, one or two dudes just talking and you just hear this one person talking. You can do that. That's fine. But I'm trying to differentiate myself and what drives me, what drives me is evidence and data and numbers. And that's why I bring the stats. I also like drinking scotch. And I love the open dialogue. The open dialogue is what makes this show even more interactive and quite frankly, more fun to do, you know, and, and quite frankly, I've got a kid now, you know, I work a full-time job, right? I got to support my wife, my, my, my son, right? Got a mortgage, you got a car payment, right? The, the whole thing on the average American, right? We want to be make this show is called fighting Irish faithful that's not just me and not some catchy thing on twitter no the fighting irish is a collective group it is a collective body it is the people doing all the cheers in the stadium going crazy go nuts in south bend when we're we're playing a team their tvs wherever they are these are the passionate super fans and i want all notre dame fans to have the opportunity to reach this show and to be able to not be afraid to voice their opinion. I do not want to just listen to myself. I know that's very like self-serving ego and whatever, but, but I am interested in what Dave has to say. I'm interested in what Jason Yeager has to say. If someone disagrees with me, I'm willing to have that conversation with that individual. That's perfectly fine. We do not all have to create groupthink here. My point is to make make a very interactive uh, show, and there are very few Notre Dame podcasts that do that. John is one exception, okay, um, and he's really big. Um, but but my difference from him is I don't do my show all year. I only do it every now and then. I do it during the spring, and I'll come back with a, with fire and brimstone and whatnot in August because 
quite frankly, that's when football's happening. But between now and then, I'm gardening and mowing my lawn. <laughs> so, so people like Dave, Air and Jason Yeager, and the guys who are, are still with us, this is where we want the show to be, where it will stay until we sell out for lots of money. No. <laughs> <laughs> the the odds of that happening are extremely low. I was gonna say you're keeping your uh, yourself busy downtime wise by following the almanac. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great, yeah. gray sports almanac. That's right. Um, <laughs> so, but anyway, the uh, we we've held off the toast. The toast is to Braden James, who has committed yes. to Notre Dame. Uh, if, I don't know if yes. we mentioned this earlier. That was maybe two hours ago. Uh, but Braden James, a 2023 wide receiver commit. Uh, thank you, sir. Welcome to the Fighting Irish. Uh, we wish you all the success. And then the Twitter shout-out. Um, this is where I get a little egotistical. I now have 500 followers on Twitter, so I'm very excited. And the Twitter shout-out goes to everyone who follows me. That includes Red Snapper, Dave, Eric, <laughs> CJ, and Jason here. Anyone who follows me on Twitter... The Twitter shout-outs to all of you. Without all of you, I would not have 500 followers to get this show out there. Now, unfortunately, we're very shy 400-plus tonight, but that's okay. It is Tuesday. Yeah, that's all. I mean, hey, as long as, as long as when you do this, you get the same guys and maybe a few here and a few there, and then it keeps the next time it's a few more here and there. That, that that's hey that's fine I mean you get some other guys got interest you know not just on Twitter but they hear about it and then you know we get it there's a few more and a few more here I mean that's what you think about the Notre Dame fan base across the world not just this country it is across the world, the world I, I have I have a Twitter fan or a Twitter follower in Ireland, a, a guy named Stevie D Irish. Look him up at Stevie D Irish. Um, yeah. If you can get get to him, uh, I mean, he's in Ir- He's literally in Republic of Ireland. But I mean, nice. you are a hundred percent right. Notre Dame is across yeah. the world, and yeah. um, this is a welcoming place. If you know, I do not want people to be intimidated. You know, and we certainly don't want to be clicky with regulars. You know, we love regulars because yeah. it 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 creates you know you know the environment and sets the tone um but we don't want it to be a click we want it to be a very yeah. welcoming place an unintimidating place for people to express their opinion and just just contribute and share their love and not everyone was willing to do that i mean yeah. we haven't had our first female caller you know we haven't had yeah we we haven't had our our first you know person from we did, we canada did you know by the name of kathy pop on but she popped off i, I did see i did see a, a kathy drop on real quick and then and then before i could click her on she she dropped off so you know that's fine you know she's um, maybe got to get up you know for work in a few hours who knows but uh yeah, th- that's where this show is going. So, so anyway, um, if anyone's curious, you know, stop by. Uh, Fighting Irish Faithful will be at the Blue and Gold game. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna wide things down tonight, um, but this Saturday, Notre Dame versus 
blue versus gold. I don't know how that works. Uh, did, they, did, did they do a draft? I heard they did I believe draft. that is tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, Jerome Bettis that, is the MC, what have you, and uh, I'll be at work, but uh, I'll, I'll probably read about it later. But, yeah, they're doing some sort of draft with players. I don't know how that works. And, yeah, we'll, we'll see yeah. how it goes. I'm, I'm excited to find out. I just wish Jerome had a couple more years of eligibility. <laughs> Well, well, with I, with I, Estime I, in the backfield, it, it may not be necessary. I think Estime yeah. is going to be stepping in that role. They they better. I I mean to tell you, I, I, I told I said this on the last podcast. This kid could be so special if they just give him the opportunity to do so. And and they, that is exactly. why I am very excited about the running game. Well, all right. Let, let's end on that. Hashtag RTDB, run the damn ball. And uh, Dave, yeah, Dave, thanks for joining the, us. We will uh, we will seek each other out uh, at, uh, at the game. And if for some weird reason that does not happen, uh, we'll, we'll text or message each other and we'll meet at some other well-known landmark on Notre Dame's campus. That is that is nothing wrong with that all right perfect dave drive safely home uh damn you drive far man dude i'm Uh, still driving i'm still driving i got a lot of other five yeah i'm uh yeah it's an hour it's an hour one way i'm on the road two hours every day man blessings and and peace to you and uh you guys too and i can't wait man I, i wish it was friday night and we were gonna see each other tomorrow but you know it'll be here but it's hump day tomorrow, so yep, tomorrow's it'll Wednesday. be almost it's almost oh, there. So yes. Well, and 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 you can re-listen to to what you missed. Uh, it should should be there for uh, okay. your, your drive tomorrow. So uh, we'll get this right. up on Spotify and YouTube as soon as we possibly can. And uh, for anyone else listening, uh, we will be at the Blue and Gold game. So. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Dave, thanks so much, and go Irish. My pleasure, guys. Go Irish. Go Irish. All right. Red Snapper, uh, that's pretty much it. You know, we talked about stats. We talked about a national champion average. We talked about the importance of recruiting and why it cannot be ignored any longer. Not that we are really ignoring it, but we do need to pay attention to it. It is important um, because it is noticeable. The national champion is fifth in the country in recruiting. I mean, if we're not top five, look, we're we're setting ourselves behind the eight ball. You know, we better have a, a Heisman-worthy level quarterback or stellar defense. You know, something that separates us. Absolutely. So. All right. Anyway, bro, I love you. All right, love you too, bro. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you for joining us. This is the Fighting Irish Faithful Show. This is episode one of season three. What happens in season three of every head coach? Is this the national? Do you do you win trophies for podcasting? Probably not. But uh, <laughs> the the third year of the show, we are very excited. This year, we're we've clearly upgraded equipment. Uh, we'll try to do some new stuff. Uh, we will have a post-game reflection show. We will go live on uh, Twitter Space. So all the guys who have 
have chimed in or even people who did not chime in tonight but wish to chime in on the next show. That will be Monday night uh, uh, next week. And uh, the 25th, if I remember correctly. Is that what it is? Yeah, I, I can't do the math. I was going to refer, I was going to go all Catholic on everyone and be like, it's Divine Mercy Monday because it's <laughs> for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Okay, uh, enough of that. Everyone, good night. Thank you, everyone. Bro, uh, see you on Saturday morning. Go Irish and blue beat gold, gold beat blue.